we forgot to mention it in the main cast, so I just wanted to throw up this at the beginning. Uh, we are having low-key trivia this week for Trivia Night. Wednesday night's Stranded Panda TV on Twitch. So go over there, and we're doing low-key trivia, and on top of all the other prizes we give away, we're also giving away a l- really cool set of Loki horns. Who, who, who is the, who's the uh, Etsy store that we got those from? It's um, Robert Monroe, and his store is Legacy Shop NY. All one word on Etsy. It's all for a good cause. Yeah, he gives he gives the proceeds to charity. Um, building foster homes, correct? Yeah, like for, Marvel-themed foster homes for kids in New York and California. Super cool, super cool. So check out the Etsy shop, but we're giving away a set of Loki horns, 3D-printed Loki horns for cosplay. Uh, you have to come to both weeks, uh, this week and next week. We're doing episodes one through three trivia this week and episodes four through six of Loki trivia next week. So Wednesday night, 7.30, twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. Yeah. Uh, and now the show. Da, 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 da. Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Loki feedback from the whole season, the entire thing, the whole kitten caboodle, all of the other things that are the same phrase. All that and more of that we have no control over. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And in our producer chair, we have the lovely Ashley Coffin. How you doing, Ash? I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Oh, so good. So good. I've slept. I finally got to sleep this weekend. <laughs> congratulations. Like once. <laughs> I can't hear congratulations without hearing Bezos. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think she can't say it without saying it. Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so before we get started today, I wanted to um, wanted to plug a thing for everybody to do for us, if you could, you know, since we're your favorite podcasters and all that, if you go mm-hmm. to podcastawards.com, we have been uh, submitted or added to the open nominations. Uh, if you go to podcastawards.com, all one word, dot com, uh, <laughs> you can go to the nominations area and you can nominate us for People's Choice and for TV and Film. Our name... The Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast is in there. You just uh, click that, make a quick account, nominate once uh, at some time before the end of July, before July 31st, and that uh, that that helps to, you know, get us into the running for the actual voting. I want uh, a trophy. Voting. We might, maybe, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are, we, are, we are a small independent podcast, so it's really rad that someone uh, nominated us to begin with. And uh, the more people who do would be, it would be really cool to to be involved or nominated at all. So uh, thanks, thanks for whoever did that, and that would be awesome. If you it's like a surreal thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, to to be on those lists with all those other uh, podcasts and stuff. So yeah, please go to the you know like like he said, People's Choice and TV and Film, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, podcastawards.com. That's the podcastawards.com. All right. Yeah, let's let's the come on pandas rally rally the rally pandas rally panda panda force. Hey y'all, <laughs> I need you to boot and rally. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Loki, let's get some feedback. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Charlie Ward, one of our patrons, says, "Hey guys, what with Loki coming out to a close now, and we've got a short content break? I just wanted to say how much I appreciate all you guys do." I live near London, England. 
and I've been listening to the cast since the early days of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> Matt, Jeff, and now Ashley, you're so great at what you do, and as during the pandemic especially, I've been working really unsociable hours. The cast and all the great content has really kept me going. Anyway, I just wanted to put my appreciation out there. I know it's been tough for everyone, and you've kept us all going. P.S. Thank God we got a Kang reveal, and it wasn't another hashtag Mephisto moment. Hey. Peace. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Mephisto's yeah. there. He's been there all along. Mephisto all along. He's there. That is incredibly sweet of you, Charlie, to say. We love making this podcast and the, love interacting with the community, and it's super rad that uh, it was helpful to you in your time of unsociable hours. Um, that is definitely how I use podcasts as well. <laughs> they're they're basically my friends when I can't see my friends. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Oh, for sure. I I for, I was a I'm a huge podcast listener long before I ever made them. Uh, That's why I started podcasting. Um, because so I totally get it. So thanks, Charlie. That's really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't I don't need friends to slot in for real friends. <laughs> I just I cut all ties. That's not true. I'm going crazy. Help me. <laughs> I have a very select few. I have a, I'm very picky. That's fair. That's fair. And you've settled for us? I just found you first, and I'm lazy. <laughs> That's fair. You get on any podcast she wants to, but this is the one that... It was so easy. She's already there. Doesn't want to put in the work. That's not she, what I meant. I thought you meant when I started listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about me. Get to the feedback. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Amanda Rarden, one of our, another of our patrons, uh, says, Hi, guys. I've been a religious listener. Ooh. <laughs> Since finding you guys during WandaVision, and I just finished the Loki finale, and oh my god, holy S stars. <laughs> What's that mean? Shit. <laughs> oh, sorry, Matt. I've had, okay, I've had this theory since the first episode, but I felt it just had been confirmed last night. In WandaVision, we get the Nexus commercial, which we had no idea what it meant at the time, as an antidepressant. At the end, the slogan is Nexus, because the world doesn't revolve around you. Or does it? This is during episode 7, which is when Agatha traps Wanda in her basement and exposes who she really is, which then leads to Wanda releasing chaos magic, which then we know will lead to her searching for her kids in the multiverse. My theory is that this episode was a Nexus event that Agatha reveals herself, and this is a new branch that we saw at the end of the Loki finale. Or else the TVA would have shown up and reset it. Why else would they put a Nexus commercial in the episode? And I think they made it antidepressant because this is what will ultimately bring Wanda's happiness back. And we are now living in Wanda's world or universe. Sorry, it's kind of long, but I I need to know what someone else thinks. Thanks, you guys are awesome. Amanda. It's interesting to talk, think about Nexus now that we know what... They're, they're calling Nexus events what they're calling Nexus events. This this It's where they timeline branches off because when we were doing wandavision we talked a lot about nexus beings from the comics yep. which are beings that exist in all universes right something like that uh, mm-hmm. it's it's beings that can't travel across universes mostly they're kind of like a they're like themselves like an anchor. in each multiverse or something right they're like an Some, anchor in in the reality that or in the universe that they were born in and they can't travel to other ones they can project themselves into other ones but they cannot travel to the other ones. Right. 
it seems like that is not going to be the case with this form of Nexus being. It just, yeah. Nexus is, Nexus is a totally different concept. So all of our theorizing and WandaVision about that seems to be off. But like, I definitely think that that Nexus commercial, she's close. And, and to me, and, and like, she could be absolutely right that that's the moment where the Nexus like branched off. I have a feeling it's more like, that was a warning. Uh, we, we thought we know that Doctor Strange was supposed to appear in WandaVision. Right. Yeah, and there's there's a moment in that um, tra- in that in that commercial where it says like consult your doctor or something. <laughs> yeah, and like I seriously think that looking back on it, those some of those commercials might have been like Doctor Strange warning her. Like that's what they were supposed to be. Yeah, all of the commercials is were that, supposed is that to be confirmed. That. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that was. Um, like a Feige or a, um, somebody that worked on the show. I can't remember which interview it was, but uh, right. they definitely said that um, that was Dr. Strange or that was originally supposed to be Dr. Strange reaching in, but like okay. having Dr. Strange show up at the end would have like completely undercut her whole story as, you know, being the savior or whatever. Right. Um, or being the hero and, you know, making the decision on her own. So they ultimately cut that. I hope we get some backstory on that, though. Like, I want to know how he knew. I feel like we it's crazy that he didn't know, right? Like, that's the question we kept asking during WandaVision was like, where is Doctor Strange and all this? You know what right. I mean? Like, I need some answers. Well, he was in Mephisto's realm fighting for the uh, Richards family. Trying to get the Fantastic Four out of there. Yeah, right. I was trying to get <laughs> So, moving on to Brianna Eastman. <laughs> sent us some female. She's one of our patrons. Beastman! Uh, <laughs> Her uh, her email starts. Hey Ash, Jeff and oh, Matt. Hey. hey hey, scuff. Finally decided to join Patreon after listening to the cast since January. I have absolutely enjoyed everything y'all have put out and love the panda community so much. Anyway, I love Jeff's theory. It's a good sentence. We'll stop there. I like it. <laughs> Good she said i love i love just theory about kang on the tower uh and the guard dog slash prison bit uh just for reference this email was sent uh before the finale aired i'm hoping for a glimpse of red slash mephisto in a prison cell as well mm-hmm. i was too i've also kept seeing a theory on how each episode of loki has been a representation of each infinity stone with colors and themes episode one orange hues we find loki does have a soul, soul stone. There was, oh, uh, breaking off for that for a second, there was that one part when he was dropping through the elevators where there was the, looked like the metal detector, but it, it like took a, an image of his temporal aura, and the guy mm-hmm. very clearly said, like, please confirm you're not a fucking robot, you have a face, and, a, and what, you know, a lot of cultures would consider a soul. Like, specifically a right. soul. Right, you like basically see his aura or his soul yeah. in that episode. So that, that that definitely goes with that. So episode two, episode two has Red Hughes. He's questioning what's real and who to trust. Reality Stone. Episode mm-hmm. three, they're on Lamentus, which is just entirely purple. Power Stone shows their power throughout the throughout the show. Uh, episode four has Yellow Tones. Loki changes Mobius's mind. Mind Stone. Episode five has a whole lot of green. Loki sees himself at different times in his in his life through the variants. If that is correct, the last episode would be the Space Stone. Thoughts? They definitely had blue hues all over. Uh, Jonathan Majors uh, looked like when he first appears and through that entire scene, there's blue lighting on his face, which I think was a reference to his comics origin. 
Um, yeah, there's a uh, lot of blue and purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's for got, sure. You know the purple uh, outer layer cowl. <laughs> yeah, and then a green blue face, shirt. and then green shirt under it. Yeah, very much the Immortus slash Kang look. Um, yep. But I, so he. So my thought on this, I think. <gasps> Every because the Infinity Stones were such a big deal for so long, we have these theories propping up everywhere for everything. I do think that the, it is interesting that those six uh, colors appear in the lighting of the show. Yeah, but like all of the things feel a little stretched to me. Yeah, I like, don't know. We're, we're What's our color tagline? Hmm? It's like we. You always make that comment about the colors. Like, there's only so many. Yeah, there's only so many. I was I was designing a board game this week, and I realized I had done Infinity Stone colors, and I was like, because there's only so many colors. Like, you got six. You got six. I need six colors, and I was like, well, let's see: blue, purple, orange, red. And then I realized, oh, well, I'll I'll say it's a reference to the Infinity Stones. Good call. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, episode five, um, there was green. If you remember the. Um, when uh, Mobius was was like arguing with himself about whether or not um, Alligator Loki Loki Gator, yeah, Loki Gator, yeah, is a Loki, um, and classic Loki was like, "Well, he's green, isn't he? Like, why is that what you're focusing on? He's got freaking <laughs> horns coming out. Those horns look like a little hat with a strap, though. They were." <laughs> How if else wor- do you get horns on a gator? I don't know. If they were coming out of his head, I'd be like, huh, Loki gator. He is a liar. The rest of them had a hat on. <laughs> not <a> <laughs> The rest of them had hats. They were wearing hats. All the, like, that's a Loki feature. You're green and you wear a hat. And the hat may or may not have horns. Kid Loki had the little bitty horns, right? And the wings on the side. Mm-hmm. That's more of a mm-hmm. crown. Yeah, kind of. It's not a hat. Well, he was the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was his and Loki's is more of a helm than a hat, but we won't get picky. Oh we can God, move on. You were nitpicking so hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. We won't get picky. Too late. Yeah. Oh, look at you getting picky. <laughs> I think it's definitely uh, intentional that these colors were in the episode, but I do think that the description of the various colors seem a little like. Like, you could make them fit any episode kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, someone's mind was changed. Well, someone's mind's changed in almost every episode, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not a big deal. <sighs> It'd be one thing if it was, like, really specific to a certain character or what they were going through. It just seems a little uh, haphazard, the way that the the current descriptions that I was, re- that, that Brianna sent. But, I, I, you know, I love I love the theories. I love to theorize about this. Because sometimes you find them and they just, like, work perfectly. And you're like, oh, shoot. And clearly, the, you, you you did predict that this one was going to be blue. So who am I to say no? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know, you know what, you know what? That episode where there were a lot of minds changing and a lot of yellow hues. If you think about it, that was also when B fifteen got woken up. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Mind their minds are being. Uh, like I'm so ready awakened. to move away from the Infinity Stones. Am I the only <laughs> one who's just like done with it? <laughs> well, I think it's it's like it's the only major through line theme of the last uh, set of stuff. Like everything that we've had up so far has all been focused on the Infinity Stones. Right. So like right. it's kind of like you know people are expecting that kind of focus to continue. Rather than like we're done with them, let's focus on the the next thing. And obviously, the next thing is time travel and uh, the multiverse and time uh-huh. stream. 
and and you know what what counts as self when you know all of these branches exist like who's the real kang right that sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's i think it's going to be a focus on you know question of self and like who's a real person what counts as a real person you know like that's not a real person because they're from a different universe and they don't exist in this universe, but they do exist in that universe. That sort of thing. Like what makes Wanda's kids real? Um, right. So that, that, that is my thought on what the focus will be. There's not going to be like a, a, a set of MacGuffins, so to speak. Possibly. Uh, the, the idea of the multiversal war also ties to that. Well, where you're like, you know, uh, the one who remains uh, described it as like all these other guys, they're, they're vicious, they're bad, they're killers, but I'm the one that's pure of heart. It's just basically because he was fighting for his universe, but they were also fighting for their universes. I don't trust him at all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but that, but it's also like that, that idea that you're talking about where who is a real person and who is valuable and all those sorts of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, really tie in well with, with the idea of this multiversal war. And, and we have some other feedback uh, uh, that I'm sure we'll get to uh, later about like, you know, what does it matter? Because if there's a, if there's an infinite number of Peter Parkers, what does it matter if a Peter Parker dies? You know, right. Every Peter Parker is sacred, right? <laughs> I'm pro Peter Parker. Um, <laughs> try saying that three times fast. <laughs> so another of our patrons, OA4, says, Loki finale feedback! It's got two exclamation marks, that's why I had to yell. Woo! What a ride! I understand some people's criticisms about exposition and setup, however, I have to point out some things that, for me, heavily outweigh any and all critiques about the episode. Jonathan Major's performance had me hanging on every single word. If this is what we get from him going forward in the MCU, I'm somehow even more excited than I already was. Any ideas for an Iron Lad casting now? Uh, I'm hoping we get him along with Kang in Quantumania. Scott Lang having to deal with his daughter aging five years in what seems to him like five hours, plus her possibly dating a boy destined to become a supervillain, just sounds like the perfect example of classic dad tropes extrapolated by sci-fi. The moral dilemma and the conflict that sprouted from it were impeccable. Sylvie was never going to accept a position where she would do to countless other children what was done to her, and Loki willing to hear he who remains out, but for vastly different reasons than episode one Loki, chef's kiss. Oh, before I think you mean uh, French kiss there? Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll cut it off there. Take care, guys, and I'll see you for what if. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I I agree completely with OA4. This this episode had a ton and I I I would I love we've talked about it before but I love the idea of Iron Lad and yes. Cassie which is a comic book relationship that we mm-hmm. should explain a little bit. But yeah, in the comics um I guess spoiler alert if you're worried about the comics being a spoiler, which they aren't always, but Iron Lad dates Cassie sort of. They have like a little relationship going. And uh, it turns out that Iron Lad is an early version of Kang. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's possible that that's where that will intersect with Quantumania, which sounds super fun. I'm, I'm just so excited. Paul, oh, me too. Paul Rudd as like the upset dad, you know, like. Cleaning his sit- multiversal shotgun. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <At> the table. <laughs> S- sitting on the porch, cleaning his like whatever, his shrink discs or whatever. <laughs> I don't see Paul Rudd with a shotgun. 
Yeah. I'm, that's why it's a multiversal shotgun. It's not like uh, a real shotgun. It's like <laughs> something else. Yeah, it's something else that the prop He's more department like has thrown together. He's a man kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I want I want to see Paul Rudd <laughs> driving the two of them to a dance or something and have it be an exact mirror of the the scene in with Spider-Man Keaton? Yeah. with Keaton and I want oh. Paul Rudd in that Keaton role. That's so a beautiful bad. idea. That's a great idea. Oh man, especially if like he's trying to figure out it like literally could figure out the Kang thing while he's traveling there yeah. and have it from Paul Rudd's perspective, <laughs> realizing there's actually a villain in his backseat yep. and like having to deal with that would be fun, man. That would be so good. <laughs> That's such a fun idea. And I love how that kind of like ties into the whole multiverse thing of like this same event happened, but with different people. Did you guys hear the story that I guess it's kind of come out this week on Twitter and then it was also uh, on Jimmy Kimmel Live this week, that uh, Seth Rogan's the Seth Rogan and Paul Rudd story. That, that oh, the was, massage we, story. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, it's so funny. <laughs> Apparently, Seth Rogan went in to get a massage. He laid there for an hour getting massaged, and he like thought the massage was a little weird, but like didn't really question it. And until the masseuse started like grabbing his face and like pinching his cheeks and like act just giving him a face massage, which at first he was like, I'll ride with it. I'll go with it. Seth Rogen's just lay on the table, getting massaged. And then he like, finally he hears someone laughing and he opens his eyes and it's Paul Rudd like squeezing his cheeks and he committed. He stayed in there until he turned around. (laughs) That's what's so funny. He went in. He, he apparently Paul Rudd convinced the masseuse to let him go in instead of and, and, and massage him as a joke. And he thought that Seth Rogen would realize it immediately. And instead, Seth Rogen never realized it. And Paul Rudd committed for a full hour massaging the guy. That is that his, is beautiful. His forearms have got to be shot. It's in Marvel. <laughs> right? No, he's in Marvel shape. He's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Sorry, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Good point. Like, I just, I try to work out some of the rocks on my wife's shoulder, and, like, I can't, like, my forearms are dead after, like, three minutes. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know it, what to do with these. Like, even if you're in Marvel shape, those little finger muscles get tired fast. I can give somebody a, yeah, I can do it. I, yeah. I'm trained. <laughs> nice, she's trained. <laughs> Ashley's like, I do acupuncture with the nails. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's my own special treatment. <laughs> I just ripped your heart out. You leave my table bleeding, but it, it's yeah. good. It's you don't good. feel pain after you're done, which is cool. <laughs> I just knock you out and tell you anything. had a great massage. Are you back? Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't even remember it? Wow, it must have been uh, really good. You I fell asleep pretty I was like, early. Sniff this. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Does this smell like chloroform to you? Yeah. The good old chloroform massage. Chloroform. <laughs> this is a new oil that I've been testing out. You gotta, you gotta put it we on your face. We call it chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> Inhale deeply. Eric Bailey, another of our patrons, says, How do their MCU podcastic team? I had a few questions about the new quote-unquote TVA we saw at the end of the show. Is this another TVA from an entirely separate timeline where Kang was always revealed as the progenitor? Or is this the same TVA with just without the the wool of the timekeeper's shroud thrown over their collective eyes? 
I feel like Loki in that moment when he finds Mobius in B-15 is coming to terms with just how quickly Kang entrenched himself by going back to the the origin of the TVA on the once sacred timeline and installing himself as the sole figurehead. This would only be a small deviation from the events that previously took place to create the TVA, but instead masking it as keeping order, quote-unquote. Kang uses it to ensure he always ends up on top, much in the way benevolent Kang did, with less obfuscation about his intentions. If the TVA is redundant across multiple timelines, where are all these TVAs hanging out? Did Sylvie know there would be another TVA to send Loki to, or did she think she was sending him back to the TVA they grew to know and love? My sponge has been thoroughly wrung out. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Eric from the Tree Place. I personally hope it's the same TVA. I don't know. It can make sense either way, but I personally hope it's the same TVA. Because I think it's going to get confusing as hell if we have multiple TVAs fighting for the multiple timelines. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I mean, man. he doesn't know. They don't know who who they are. Or they didn't know who he was. Right. So, like... I don't know how it could be. He couldn't have changed. It's not Back to the Future rules. Well, it's not Back to the Future rules in the main universe, but like, if there's only, if, if, if it exists in the quantum realm and time works differently there, and can you have a branch of a TVA? Can you, can the quantum realm branch well, if we know that's how they travel between universes? Yeah. I thought I that was know. the whole point of what was, like, he's like, the, it's already starting to branch. I thought that like infinite branches were happening. As they were. They were talking. They were. Saw them. Yeah. So what? They were. Okay. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I the question is, where is the TVA, and like, is it in one of those branches that's branching, or is it outside of all branches? Because it's because we see them looking at a monitor where they are looking at the timeline, so they don't exist within the timeline, unless that's, that's what the red line means. Like, if the red line means that's now that timeline is now drifting so far that it's it's leaving our purview. It's going out to its own. It'll have its own TVA now. I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> like the red lines are their like their jurisdiction of the time stream. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fair. That's fair. Like, hey, hey, get your timeline in order. It's cutting into ours. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I can totally see like. A multiversal war where different TVAs are ha- are serving different Kangs, and they're all fighting for whatever. But at the same time, that sounds co- very convoluted. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea what's going. It happen. starts to fall apart when you put too much thought into it. Mm-hmm. If we're, if I'm being honest, because like yeah, if it exists outside of the timeline, like so does the Citadel at the end of time. So they should exist in the same space, unless they're in different dimensions. But then like. What is a dimension? Like we don't know all of the rules of physics of the right. M- of the of the verse that the MCM, I guess, is in now. So, but, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I loved hearing the news story this week that uh, they had a meeting to decide on the multiverse rules. Well, they need to. They yeah. Yeah, we need sure. just a little bit of direction here. They probably should have done that before now, but yeah. like, I still am glad they're having those meetings. <laughs> I don't think it's a little bit of direction that they need. Yeah, it's pretty important. At this point, there's big questions that need to be hammered out. (laughs) And we're asking all of them, come on, Feige, cut the check. (laughs) Like you said, if you look at it closely, it starts to uh, get a little fuzzy and like, does that make sense? I'm not sure. Um, Yeah. 
But if you don't, if you're the average listener or watcher who's just like, oh, I'm enjoying this show, and oh, of course, he went back and changed the TVA. That makes total sense. But it's like, does it? Does it? I don't know. I don't know what the... I don't know how the rules work. Right. And yeah. we need a we need uh some strict rules here, people. I need I need them to like put out a book. Yeah, just a little direction. Well here's here's my big question is like Ravana and Mobius, like they have said that they had or Ravana said that they had eons of friendship. Mm-hmm. Relative to who? Right. Like relative to what point? Is it relative to them? Are they immortal? Were those friendship memories just implanted in them? Like, I I don't know all the rules, so I can't make any suppositions. It, it seems like there are there's some sort of loop is happening for the some of the TVA agents. Either they're having their minds wiped. Um, I heard some theorizing this week. Uh, New rock stars had a video about like. <laughs> you know, there's like three rings on the, uh, there, there are rings, uh, where he let, he left his cup off of the coaster right? Mm-hmm. in the, in that one episode, uh, they're theorizing that those are previous versions and it's almost like counting the rings. It's like different loops that this thing has gone through and he mm-hmm. doesn't remember leaving the rings because that's from a different time that he went through this process. Right. Um, you know, and, and like very similar to Matrix where you go back in, Neo has to choose to go back in and repeat the cycle. And he says in the Matrix, he's like, this is the sixth time we've destroyed Zion, you know? Yeah. Um, is that what's going on? Is this new version of the TVA just like a new Kang one, a different Kang one this time? So this is the version of the TVA that's now controlling time? Did they all get like reset? Like, back to yeah. the, like, Men in Black stuff. Like, they're just, like, flash. Start over. Well, that's, yeah, that's a great, act- actually, that's a great thought. Oh, like we've, man. We've been saying they, they have to be doing some sort of reset because Owen Wilson clearly doesn't remember certain things. Plus, yeah. they were all plucked out of the timeline and given different lives and different TVA responsibilities. So, like, they have to have mind control or memory wiping of some sort, right? And, and... They all forgot their lives, except uh, Sylvie has the ability to show them their lives, right? So, right. what if Kang didn't go back and change time at all? He just went back and wiped all their memories and right. changed certain elements of the TVA. Like, here, yeah. he's like, here's a new version of what's happening. Yeah. Well, like, oh. the, uh, the he who remains, you know, this, this particular guy that we saw, um, he seems to be, uh, like, he keeps claiming that he's benevolent. He weaponized Elias, yeah. and he ended the multiversal war, and like, um, you know, he's he's kept things in line since then, and he's very old. But we didn't see at the end what happened to Sylvie or him after she stabbed him. All we know is he said "see you soon" and kind of winked at her, and then died. Right, and then it went to Loki, and like that was the the ending, or whatever. Mm, the thought that I'm having now is that like. There's, there's likely several Kangs at this point now that the multiverse is allowed to branch back out and, and those other Kangs are, are able to, to show up. But like, what if the next season just begins with like a few Kangs walking through the front door of the Citadel as like a, ah, yes, I'm home finally sort of thing. And she's like still got her sword in the one 
that she just killed, and she turns around, there's these guys. Oh, no. Hmm. He did say, see you soon. Yeah, because somebody's got to come back and take control, right? Or somebody's... Maybe. Somebody is going to, and maybe this this he who remains is just the one that was able to wrest control from the others long enough to establish this order that he saw fit. You know, right. like, he, he won once and then won a few more times and then, like, all right, I got it down. And then that's, you know, he kept saying, like, you know, we crossed the threshold, or not kept saying, but he said we crossed the threshold, and, like, that's the the point where he no longer knew what was coming. So he had seen this loop before. Right. He had seen the loop before and experienced that loop before. Yeah. And he lived a thousand lifetimes, like he said. Or but he left himself uh, information or he left himself from notes. previous loops. Right. right. Like, mm-hmm. like, maybe those scripts are literally, like, notes from his previous loops that he's he's right. got books full of notes. Maybe the Citadel is, like, where Kang stores his information for his next loop. Mm-hmm. When he goes back there, he learns from his last time he did this. And he's Correct. Or, and, like, yeah, I that's see, possible. Loki season two ends with like the same scene with him with a different plan or something, you know, (laughs) slightly different. He's like, okay, now I'm across the threshold again. I dodged your sword. I used my temp pad to dodge your sword. Now I'm doing something else. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's the thought is like, we just keep getting this one version of him that keeps coming in. Ah, man. I don't know the rules. I don't don't know the rules. I, I wanted to point out a couple things. Uh, we've gotten a bunch of people writing in about it, so I wanted to make sure we addressed it. The See You Soon, you guys have probably seen it online too, uh, but uh, we haven't mentioned it on the cast, and a lot of people keep writing in, hey, you guys never mentioned this. At the end of episode four, when when they destroy the timekeepers and realize they're animatronic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they die. As they die, you hear the words, See You Soon, really whispered under the audio track. Have you guys heard this no yeah it's there it's like see you soon like hmm. and that's the last thing he says before he uh you know before he dies which i thought was really really cool and a lot mm-hmm. of people keep writing in telling us please mention that on the cast I'm like I, sorry 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 just been talking about everything else <laughs> sorry there's just so um, much i mean yeah. Hey, let's let's link that back to end game when the last thing that Nat said to Cap was "see you soon" and gave him a wink. Mm, so sad. Mm, so sad. I'm sorry to hurt us. I didn't mean yeah. to. How dare you? I didn't think it would be that sad. <laughs> All right, let's see what Aaron G had to say. Uh, Aaron G says hello. <laughs> sorry, hello Ashley and others. <laughs> <laughs> Love to everyone on this podcast, but seriously, Thirst Queen Ashley deserves top billing. I'm a newer listener. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a newer listener. I found your show while looking for WandaVision theories, and I'm so glad to now be hooked on you guys. I'm curious for your thoughts on the pacing of Loki. To be honest, I thought Loki was the weakest of the three Disney Plus shows. It felt so rushed. I didn't believe Avengers 2012 Loki becoming good that quickly or him trusting Mobius and Sylvie so soon. And who wouldn't have wanted more time in the void to get to know the other Lokis better, including the best variant, Alligator Loki. While WandaVision and Fatwas definitely felt excellently paced, I think Loki needed another episode or two in order to slow things down and make character development for Loki, Sylvie, and Mobius feel believable. Even this ending felt rushed and underwhelming to see the multiverse free as fast as possible. One stab and it's done? 
Though the worst of Marvel is still better than most other fiction out there, it's disappointing to feel that a show twice as long as any movie was rushed. Were you all really okay with how the series turned out? I hope season two can smooth out the pacing. Thanks for your wonderful insight on all things Marvel. I may be a new listener, but I'm excited to stick around for the long run now. Even when I disagree, since you all seem to be singing the praises of the finale when I just felt meh, you're wonderful to listen to. Love you 3000 <laughs> in every branching timeline, Aaron. It's funny how many of, like, we get the same amount of those for WandaVision and for Fatwas, people being like, I didn't like this one that much, or this was my least favorite, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And he is saying the pacing is specifically he thought was bad with this, which, and the pacing was better on the others. Like, I... I definitely get where he's coming from. We we talked about it a lot in the last first few episodes where like this is 2012 Loki. They need to do something to make him likable. You know, they need to do something to change him. I and I, I found him loving Sylvie as a motivation a little rushed, but the, him changing and caring I guess I I found the cha- caring for Mobius a little rushed too, but him changing I didn't find rushed because they took that whole first episode to like break him down, show him his death, show him his like failure, show him like how powerless he was, and I think that sets him up for the whole like he's looking for something to yeah. attach himself to. He's looking for something to trust and something to to yeah. latch onto to build back up. It's like kind of going through good therapy where like. You finally admit to yourself, like, who you're, like, like, like some of the motivations you have, some of the thoughts you have, and, like, he's been pushing people away, and, like, using his, um, glorious purpose attitude to, like, overexert how confident he truly was, and he admits that, like, it's just, it's weakness, it's weakness, I'm weak, and I, like, oh, I act that way. such a heartbreaking line. Yeah. So, like, sometimes when you go through those sorts of things where you, like, really have those breakthroughs and, like, Mobius knew how to break him down, which I still theorize that, like, Mobius has done this to, like, 15 Lokis. Yeah. Um, or 80, 80 Lokis, whatever. Uh, he's, Mobius is just the Loki breaker. Yeah. Yeah, this is the whole function. Yep. Like, we, we brought him in because he's the best one to break Loki. Man... <laughs> That's his glorious purpose. Everyone has a glorious purpose. Yeah. And that's it. Like it really it really challenges the 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 idea of free will, you know? Like if if this guy, the he who remains, if he is putting all these things in place and like this is how he's doing everything or this is how, you know, he has deemed it all to be, like you think you have free will within those confines, but do you? Yeah, what is free will if there are confines? Right. Maybe Mobius is the best one to break Loki down to get Loki to the point to where he needs to be in order to make this series happen the way that it did. But what if he... Like, I want to see all the other iterations, too. (laughs) I want to see other people trying to deal with Loki. I think something we have to... This show puts Loki in a new light. In in Avengers 2012, when Loki is standing on the building watching the Chitauri destroy New York, um, I believe it's his brother that's like, you know, look what you're doing. Look at this. Is this what you really want? Yep. And Loki looks scared. Yeah. He looks like a dog who caught the car and doesn't know what to do with it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a shame he immediately stabs him, but for a second there, you see it. 
the humanity. Yeah, he, he has that little that little flash of being like, oh, shit. too late, man. I'm already I, on the train. I did right. a bad. So what we're realizing is Loki always had these sort of like tendencies toward good. He was raised by the Asgardians. Like he's raised by the king. Like he was raised to be a king. Um, it's just that he like he he always had this sort of inferiority complex and he overcompensated through trickery and through deception. And yep. like once that's all broken down in that first episode, all that you're left with is the Loki who like really does want to be loved by his brother and really does want to find connection with people. And like he just never felt like he could. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and that like that takes us to old man, you know, classic Loki, the Richard mm. E. Grant Loki, where he said, I just missed my brother. Yeah. And I wanted to know if he missed me too. Mm. So so hard. <laughs> I, I I'm so sad we didn't get that scene. Oh God. Like Phoenix King Thor or you know, old old man Thor, old King Thor, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Did you see the the Richard D. Grant article that was going around this week where Richard D. Grant said he wants a spinoff with him and Alligator Loki? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, he that was quoted so as saying, he's like, he's like it's, it writes itself. I'm the only one who understands him. Like, yep. he talks to only me. Like, it's it's that classic, like, Chewy Han relationship. He's like, he's like get on writing it. it it's wonderful. <laughs> yep. Yep. And oh god, there was one post by Richard E. Grant that I, I saw where, like, he had posted pictures of himself in costume, and uh, and said like, my dad always used to say, like, why do you want to be an actor? You do you really want to like dress up and run around in tights your whole life? And yeah, it was, was so like, funny. He was I like, if he could see me now. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. This is an incredibly respected actor who is now like he's now in happy to be running around in tights. Well, yeah, he's a so stage good. theater, so he's always been in tights doing Shakespeare and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it is wonderful because I mean, like when he's first shown in that first scene, he's he looks adorable. Uh, <laughs> it looks adorable, but he looks schlubby, and it's like not flattering at all. Mm, it's like yeah. it is a. It is intentionally a visual gag, and I love yeah. it. I love that this like respected actor can embrace the sort of like comedy that is like the silliness of being in those tights. And yeah, he's wonderful. like the he's like the Peter B. Parker, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Like those tights are his sweatpants. <laughs> Man, this 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 really did take a lot from uh, Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, like th- that see that episode really did. Yeah, it did and and. To, to answer Aaron's other question about this feeling rushed, I like, it's always going to feel rushed, I feel like. It, it's still six hours. We got, like, whatever, four or five hours worth of movie instead of two hours, and I'm I'm happy to get what we got. It's yeah. never um, enough. Never it's enough. never going to be enough. It's it's always going to... Some some certain moments are going to feel rushed because we don't see every moment of these characters' lives. Um, I do feel like they could do things like they could have implied that Loki went on a couple of missions with Mobius or something. You know what I mean? Like imply some things, do some little like montages and things to make it seem like more time had passed. Yeah. Loki even says in the last episode, he's like, how long has it been since New York? Has it been weeks? Has it been months? (laughs) I don't even know how long it's been since I've been at the TVA. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think with a few little like tweaks, they could have made it feel more earned that he cared for Mobius or that he had changed as much as he did. Yeah. It didn't bother me greatly. And 
as much as I love the Loki episode where, where there's six Lokis, it's amazing and it left me wanting more, but that's kind of what you want, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of the I idea. Want. I don't want to be yeah. tired of that. Yeah. I don't want to be tired of that dynamic. That dynamic was so fun. And I yep. can rewatch it over and over I, and enjoy it. I think that's why they told us so early on there was going to be two seasons. Yeah, yeah probably. I um, I just need to know how Throg came to be and whether or not Loki Gator <laughs> is related. You know? <laughs> That'd be weird. And, you know, like, God, ever since that episode aired, I have, uh, <laughs> every time, every time my, my daughter... Sorry, every time my daughter does her little, like, I'm 12, ugh, when something doesn't go her way, I'll lean, I'll lean over and be like, that's alligator for liar, and growling at the same time. <laughs> and it always makes, it always makes somebody in the room laugh. Sometimes it's her. I think you're going to be like, mostly just me. Mostly, mostly me. me. Mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's important. Anyway, Jordan Shelley sent us an email. One of our patrons says, Hey, Matt, Ash, and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Saving the best for last, I guess. <clears throat> I just signed up for Patreon, and weirdly, it felt so good. I'm sorry I didn't do it sooner. <laughs> I feel so much more connected to the community now that I support your amazing work. Truly, thank you for doing what you do. So... Two thoughts about the Loki finale I'm wondering if y'all shared. One, do you remember in the scene where Loki and Sylvie first enchant Eliath and they look at the mansion in the distance? There was some sort of vessel flying away. Fast forward to the season finale and during the initial sequence where the camera zooms in or zooms out from one of the universes, a spaceship zooms by. Coincidence? Or perhaps is this connected to that vessel leaving? I don't know. Second, Miss Minutes. I'm having trouble following the continuity of the episode's premise. She shows up to offer a deal. We're led to believe he who remains wants them to accept this deal. But when they get up to see him, we find he wants nothing of the sort, actually wants to be killed or removed from power. It seems like Miss Minutes is not on the same page as he who remains. Did you guys get that sense? Who is Miss Minutes answering to? Thanks, guys. Love you 3000. We talked about this on our last episode. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's two different offers on the table in that last episode. I don't know if we, did we discuss the four statues? Um, no, I don't think so. I, don't I mean, there were discussing them. there were what there were three statues that were standing and one that had been broken, right. broken into the floor. I think there's more going on, and it's weird because it seems so deep and lore filled. Like, I really don't know how we're ever going to find out what all this means. I mean, I guess in a season two of Loki, possibly. (laughs) But how will that all intersect with who Kang is Mm -hmm. for the broader MCU? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I, it it all feels very, uh, like there's just a lot. And, and it does seem kind of like maybe there was some sort of falling out. Like, there's even a moment, uh, when he, when he's telling the story, then, then he says something about then we all like came together to bring it into the war. And he actually shows four of him on the desk, like seemed like they're working together possibly. Yeah. 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 So but, I thought that would be the four statues, but then one of them has fallen over. So what does the one fallen over mean? Is like, it's probably him. I don't trust him. him. I think everything he did was a lie. I think he right. wanted her to kill him. I'm telling you, it's the Star Wars trope. 
He knew yeah. what was going to happen. Strike me down. When and somebody I shall tells become. you so many times that they're being serious about something, they're lying. And he was like, I swear, I, I don't know Trust what's happening. Me. Pastor, he was like, all like saying it very nonchalant. Like, these are two gods. Why are you talking in like slangy New York talk? I don't know. I, th- I thought all of it seemed very fishy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hmm. I, well, I just thought I thought that was all good choices personally. Like the whole the way he spoke and everything was awesome. I, I right, wouldn't have wanted him like, to be you, like I'm not no no Asgardian whatever flourish. I'm just saying it's flourish. weird that that's how you know he's trying to convince them to tr- like believe me. Like this has never happened before. I'm like oh I don't believe you. I don't. Believe I just you don't trust people. That's just me. Yeah. That, <laughs> no, I, that's I, all it is. That's the thing. Is like. W- what was he trying to get them to do? Kill if he him. Wasn't uh, was he? Because he was bored. Like, <laughs> I believe that part. I, I, I okay, agree. You just want to disagree was, with everything I say all the time, Matt. <laughs> was was killing him freeing him to like go do something else, or, like make different decisions next time? Was he just going to end back? Like he says, I'm just going to end back up here again. Mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't know what it means. Yeah. Like, Really don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe convincing the two of them to take over would have broken the cycle. Like maybe this is just part of that sick cycle that he keeps coming back to. That because you know, uh, the time is circular or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he had the the time stream was around that place. Like he said, once we once I isolated our time stream, and it was uh, a ring around the citadel. So like, it's kind of, it kind of says to me, you know, symbolically, like it's just a big loop. Like time is just a big loop keeps coming back, you know? And that may be why he's said like, he's lived a thousand lifetimes. He's done this over and over again, whatever. It seems like it keeps coming back around and like, he's got this, this ring there. So like maybe breaking that cycle is what, you know, he could do by putting them in charge. I don't know. Mm. Hmm. I don't, yeah, I have no idea. And and it really does feel like there's something deeper going on. I think he knew that that was never going to work. I got it. He automated the rest of the TVA, right? They're all robots. He automated the timekeepers. They were robots. Fucking Chuck E. Cheese looking like shit. He was going to put these two people in place in the Citadel to take care of the automation or like to take care of, of, you know, doling out the, the sacred timeline or whatever, right. Mm-hmm. Trimming the branches. He was automating his job. He just wants to go retire on a beach, mm-hmm. but she stabbed him in the chest instead. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, all right, see you soon. We'll, we'll do this again. <laughs> We're yeah. going to do this again next time. <laughs> it just depends on how much you believe him. And I don't know. I really don't. Like, I don't know if this is just another deception on top of all the other deceptions, or if this is another, like, or if he's actually being honest. He says he's being honest in that scene, but, well, he also says he's benevolent, which I don't believe at all. People keep, in the feedback, a lot of people refer to him as the benevolent Kang, and I'm like, there's just no evidence of that. (laughs) (laughs) The way that the TVA is currently set up, how does Loki get back to Sylvie, or how does he get, you know, how does he align things to get back to where he wants to be? Which is where Sylvia is, right? Does does Loki then become the person who is making the calls on what to prune? Does he prune Sylvie early? 
does he you know does he force all the things that he thought was just the TVA being um you know a tyrannical organization controlling the timeline does he force all of those things to happen over again you know in this loop so that he can get back with Sylvie to the point of getting to the citadel hmm. well the problem is there's no loop this time that we know of right like the the circle that we're talking about you're talking about the beginning that's no longer the way it's shaped now it's just like that's, a, a, that circle is still there it's just it's also got a whole bunch of branches right they gotta For, fix well that. yeah forming their own things and intersecting with each other and yeah and, like and that, some there's there is a path where that loops back on itself while it's still branching there is a a path for that to happen yeah somewhere in there like is loki going to be the one that's starting to prune the branches just so they can get that aligned and back to the citadel ah oh, mm-hmm. man i don't know it's too much and what's going to happen in between it's like stop well but yeah definitely stop but what's going to happen in between the show <laughs> season two and now because we have like what what two movies that might have to do with this in between there what are they going to do to affect the timeline yeah yeah like what are they going to do to affect the multiverse like ugh, what if it's not dr strange that has to solve it what if it's loki that solves it i'd like that. dr strange is like help help me yeah it's pretty help much it's i'd bad. like that a lot. it's all bad <laughs> he becomes our hero i like how you're giving dr strange muppet arms yeah help! 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 Help me. he's just like out at sea like oh no help! <laughs> So do you think that when Doctor Strange went, like, he looked forward in time with the Time Stone, and he saw all these different possibilities, did they all end with the TVA showing up and pruning? And he's like, nope, that's the wrong one. I don't know. (laughs) He sure didn't say anything about it. Nope. (laughs) Like, they show up and he's like, oop, rewind. (laughs) And uh, Spider-Man messes me up, too, with the timeline. What do you mean? Because it's so far ahead of everything, and and he's like, "Where's Doctor Strange?" I was like, "Oh, he's not here right now." But it's just so far. Wasn't it like six months? Wait, what are you talking about? After Endgame, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's months and months like, after. That was oh, like right, right, six right. to eight months or something like that. But yeah. the thing is, with the timeline, we can't think about it like that because the TVA is looking at the entirety of the timeline. And the Citadel is looking at the entirety of the timeline. So everything that's happening in his Loki is not happening at a certain time in the timeline. Mm-hmm. It is just happening at all the times. So anything that happened, like the, we could get variants and branches that are branching off from, I mean, this, even this particular branch that Loki is from is from 2012. You know what I mean? So like well, there yeah. could be branches from way back when and, like, so all this stuff that we're going to see that these different timelines, they don't have to have happened after this show or whatever. Well, oh, Jordan also uh, mentioned becoming a patron, and I cannot have a better ad for becoming a patron than Jordan did. He said he felt uh, he feels more connected to the community now that he supports on Patreon. So thank you, Jordan. That's very sweet of you to say. And everyone else... If you want to feel that connected, if you want to feel more connected to the panda community, um, 
No, that's super sweet of Jordan. Um, and yeah, patreon.com slash MCU cast. If you want to become a patron, um, a lot of you guys did. We, we kind of gave the hard pitch last week. Like everybody, if you just do a dollar and like a bunch of people went and gave a dollar. So thank you. <laughs> if everybody could just do two dollars. <laughs> now it's two. Yeah. Well, d- 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 don't, don't mention it. <laughs> If it was one last time, they don't have to know that it's two this time. It's okay. just, it's two. Gotcha. Get a couple more speed round style. Yeah, we're hitting right. uh, an hour. Alyssa Jane sent us an email. Holy shit. Jonathan Majors is a boss. His performance in that episode gave me glorious purpose. <laughs> I was getting some legit Mad Hatter vibes from He Who Remains. We're all villains here. This It was a total play on We're All Mad here mm-hmm. from Alice in Wonderland. Not to mention the Mad Hatter's obsession with tea time and the Queen of Hearts declaring him guilty of murdering time. So many time-centric parallels. I hope Feige lets Majors run wild all over Phase 4, playing different variants of this character, showcasing his redonkulous range. Yeah. Thank I you, agree. Lisa. You know, there was something that I read this past week that... Um, that said that he was doing the voices of the timekeepers. Like he was originally supposed to do the voices of the timekeepers. Oh, and like all of their all of their three voices were just things that he was doing that were like ridiculous takes. And he was like making all kinds of crazy faces and shit. Like when he was recording for him, and because of what he was able to do with those three voices, they cast him as Kang. Oh, really? For Quantumania. Like that's mm. that is the story that I read. I don't know if it's legit. I don't remember where I read it. Interesting that he was originally playing the voices of the timekeepers, and he's been cast as Kang because that makes me feel better or like feel connected to that theory that they that originally. So we talked about the four statues, yep. and one of them being fallen. Mm-hmm. So like, what if those four statues are originally four Kangs that work together to create the citadel? And now they live at the end of time, and his statue has fallen because he betrayed the three timekeepers. Mm-hmm. And now, like the three timekeepers were the timekeepers. They at some point, and at some point, he you know murdered them and replaced them or something. Murder. I don't know. I, I wonder if we'll ever get that story because that version of Kang is gone. Like that version of He Who Remains is like. He's gone. Will we? Will we just have to like kind of assume what actually happened there, or will it have a like cyclic nature, and we'll see that again? I don't know, man. Ah, uh, what if? What if? What if? <laughs> and Spider Man and uh, Doctor Strange Mom, Doctor Strange Mom, um, <laughs> and or how I learned to stop worrying and love the hex. Um, mm-hmm. What if they fix? the multiverse collapse it all back down. And then Loki season two starts back up with that one single circular time stream. Yeah. That'd be cool. Basically it starts over. They just give us the same six episodes over again. It is interesting. Usually at the end of the shows, they'll say, or the movies, they'll be like, Thor will return in the Avengers or this person will return in that. This literally said Loki season two, not like, this yeah. or that other thing, but they lie to us, but they did say he's not coming back till season two. If we're supposed to go by that. Yeah. They didn't specifically say that he's coming back 
other than season two. Yeah, it was like Loki will return. Right. Yeah. Loki will return in Loki well, they, season two. They normally say that about the next thing they're going to be in. So it's, yeah. I guess Loki season two may lead into Doctor Strange, which he's a. Well, then we would be getting that show within a year. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, most shows appear about a year apart. Oh, yeah. Most seasons right. a go full year, about a year. They're apart. like a year. A full year would be. I mean, yeah, this comes if, out in May. Yeah, if so, then we're looking at May, June of next year, and Doctor Strange Mom, or How I Learned to Stop Wearing and Love the Hex, uh, would already have come out. Right. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's well, also, this show was made and ready to release a while ago. Yeah. So it's possible they've already been working on season two, and it will be ready in time to release right before Doctor Strange. Well, no, I heard that the the same director's not even coming back, so there's no way that they started, unless they're yeah, just held fair. on to that to not tell anybody. Yeah, it's very possible they didn't. <laughs> they were just like, yeah, not coming back. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Lie to me, Marvel. <laughs> they they like to hold on to those kinds of like sort of negative stories because they don't want people to be like, whatever. I don't know. Oh, see, it's falling apart over there. Yeah. Yeah, they want to wait till we're so excited about Kang that they can slip a story like that under the radar, and we're like, "Doesn't matter that that's happening. Kang's here, <laughs> right? Just give it all to Sam Raimi; it'll be fine." Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, let's no. get like two more. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh goodness! First time writer in her from Portugal here, Sophie. Send us an email. Hey, pandas. Here's something I haven't heard you discussing about Loki, which is one of my biggest pet peeves with it. Why, oh, why was the title logo, that one with the various switching fonts, always that same black and white one? When the one in the trailers and all the other promo material is the one in color, and let's be honest, much cooler. I don't understand why they decided to use that old-looking one Whenever it it appears, it kind of takes me out of it, because in my opinion, everything else is perfect stylistically. For example, the fantastic score. I can't be the only one bothered by this. Or am I? LOL. I love it. I like old stuff like that, though. Yeah, I feel like it fits the the aesthetic of the TVA. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all that nineteen seventies yeah. like static. The one from the trailer is really cool, and I think it is cool to get you hyped. But I think this one fits the yeah, like like you're saying, the static of the show, like the seventies vibe. Yeah, didn't bother me. Mm-mm. Yeah, Sophie continues. Now, the real reason I wanted to write in, <laughs> Jeff. A few episodes back, I heard you say you wanted to be a voice actor, but you ended up not pursuing it because you hate the sound of your voice. And I was absolutely shook. You don't understand how much I love your voice. Like, this is going to sound weird, but it's actually so attractive to me. Should I start a voice thirst club? You gotta understand, your actual voice is never going to live up to the voice in your head. Just deal with it. Honestly, love you all so much from your discussions. I can tell how great people you seem to be. And I have to agree with whoever said Ashley is the best thing that happened to this podcast. It was already my favorite MCU pod before, but now it's the one I'll always prioritize over all others on my feed. I listen to a lot of podcasts, by the way. (laughs) The Matt, Jeff, and Ashley trio just gives me life. Your humor and discussions are the best in the multiverse. Love you all 300. Sophia from Portugal. 300? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just 300. <laughs> uh, let's see. P.S. Can we agree that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is undoubtedly canon, thanks to Sylvie? 
I gotta give props to our Loki, too, for killing Phil Coulson, therefore being the reason why we got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first place. It remains my favorite MCU show. I don't think that'll ever change, because the character arcs of those seven seasons and the level of attachment I got to them will probably never be topped. Oh god, this is probably way too long, but I never wrote you an email before, so forgive me, maybe? Bye! (laughs) You're forgiven. Thanks, Sophie. (laughs) Thanks for writing in. Um, And I think it's Sophia... Everybody else. Oh, is it Sophia? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Sophia. Um, yeah. Uh, everybody else, like, join her voice thirst club for Jeff. Uh, uh, let, us, let us know if you find Jeff's voice uh, sexy. Oh, uh, no. We, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, oh, I'm no. good. Jeff, I'm Jeff good with them not it. doing that. <laughs> like, let's just... It feels... Yeah. It, it's awkward. It's awkward right let now. Let me ask Julie what she <laughs> thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her what she thinks, and she didn't tell me anything. <laughs> she she just kind of looked at me like, what? And I was like, I know, right? It's weird. <laughs> Please tell me you agree with her. <laughs> That's good. No. But uh, I, I definitely think that we can say Agent Shield is canon in the MCM. Yeah, uh, in the MCM. Multiverse. <laughs> Sure. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to start a voice thirst club, I can't stop you. I mean, that's not, that's not something I have any control of. Um, just, he wants it, he wants it guys. Do it. You know, will that make you feel not, better about getting last bill? No, no. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally never actually upset about that. I just like oh, to stir the shit pot sure. sometimes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. I stir the shit pot every time. Oh, you is guys. That, Come on. oh that's stirring the Oh, okay. <laughs> I never got it. All right. Listen to Ashley on her own podcast when she goes off on her own. Did you want me to put that as a, a voice memo? Huh? <laughs> anyway, plowing forward. <laughs> uh, Steve Maloney says, Jeff, that's an Australian accent you were doing. Your Scottish wasn't bad, though. <laughs> 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 this is so hard to follow. Hi, Jeff, Ashley, Jeff, Matt, and Jeff. Did I get Jeff's name in the right place? Oh, God, not enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, I love you guys, love your work, love the community you've created. Okay, Loki. I really did not like the kiss. The idea of self-love is lovely, but learning to like who you are and consider yourself worthy of love and respect from others is a big part of finding peace and happiness, and I found that Sylvie and Loki looking to each other and seeing their potential to be better versions of themselves really moving. The the physical act of self-love can also be beautiful, but I don't want to watch somebody do it on Disney+, Plus. you know? (laughs) I I flinched every time they leaned in during episodes one through five, and I found their kiss pretty icky in the finale. Tom and Sophia had really lovely chemistry, and I wonder if that pushed that story further than the script originally intended. Also, after JLD and now Kang... Uh, Marvel seems to be keeping progressively bigger secrets. Almost like they're perfecting their secret-keeping techniques. I've thought it for a while now, but I'm certain now, when Chris Evans comes back, we're not going to know about it until we see him in the movie theaters. That's going to be Phase 4's Mjolnir Avengers Assemble moment. I cannot remember having my mind as blown by anything as that Loki finale, and I cannot wait to experience what comes next in the MCU with you guys. Love you, 3,000 Kangs. 
It's funny. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't think Chris Evans is going to come back yet, though. I hope it's not for a while. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Well, we'll see what happens with his directing career. Yeah, he wants right. to get behind the camera, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't want Chris Evans back. I would love to have Chris Evans back. I think he's the one best. of my favorites in the MCU, but... There's so many other stories to tell, and it feels like we got this one all wrapped up in a nice, pretty... And it's like, at least if stuff starts to, like, go off the rails and things, content's not good, they can go be like, here's all the money, please come back. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, if he's going to come back, I want it to be meaningful. And it's more meaningful the more time he's away. So, like, give it a year or two at least. Yeah. Like, have him show up in, like, a multiversal thing would be awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect time to bring him back right now with the multiverse. Same thing with Tony, but like, give it a minute. Like, let, let us, let us deal with the new Avengers and then have them come back for whatever the big crossover event where we're, whatever the multi, the multiverse is coming together to fight off these Kangs. Like, it'd be awesome if a different Tony and a different Chris came in, you know? Oh man. What if the Marvel zombies thing that we saw in, um, in the what if trailer, like where we saw zombie cap, Mm-hmm. What if the Bucky that was against him there was like the Bucky from the current actual timeline and the zombie was just like a, a reanimated Steve and he's like, you're selling the name of Steve Rogers. And like he remembers Steve Rogers going away and coming back as old man. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if Steve is away long enough for that to happen, Rather, if that, like, if Steve is away, things like that can happen. Like, we get the the fight for the shield and Fatwas, and who gets to take up the mantle of Captain America? Like, who who carries on the name? But -hmm. then you've also got like, you know, what if a wizard or whatever like reanimates this? You know, I'm sorry, warlock necromancer, if (laughs) you will. What if a, a necromancer reanimates the you know the the long dead corpse of Steve Rogers, and like. Obviously, that's going to put uh, bad taste in some people's mouths in, you know, the current timeline. They're not going to like that at all, especially Bucky, especially Falcon. Like, not Falcon, Sam Wilson, the Captain America. It's hard. I've known him for <laughs> years as Falcon now. But, like, they're not going to like that. So, like, conflict, right? Conflict. Right. Mm. Give me it. Indeed. I know you got it in there, Marvel. Give me Give it. Give us all the conflict. <laughs> Uh, lie to us and give us conflict. That's what we want. Lie to me and show me fights. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a short break and come back for some live feedback. All that right for this ad we have no control over. And we're back. And we're back. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Uh, what What you got in the live chat there, Ashley? It's your turn to read. Yep. Uh Miss Carol Denver says, why didn't the TVA stop Wanda? Like, obviously, I guess they wouldn't, I guess wouldn't want her to do that. They would have stopped her is what they're trying to say. But is Wanda's hex too powerful and the TVA TVA not able to get there? And if they were, why would the TVA want Wanda to do that and keep all those people hostage? That's that's a good question. Like, why would the TVA want to let Wanda's hex happen? Yeah. Why would Maybe they? they couldn't see it. Well, in the grand scheme, is that really that important for the timeline? There were runes around the town. 
It also it could have just been what was supposed to happen up till then, up yeah. till that moment. Like there's no there's no multiverse stuff happening there. She's sure she's like creating her own reality, but that all could be an, on the sacred timeline. The TVA is not trying to fix things that go bad as we think about it. Right. They're just doing things that that don't fit the line of events that lead to this guy being in charge. Exactly. It just didn't it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter to him. Yeah, right. a lot of people wrote in like, "Why did they let Thanos happen?" And it's like, because they already said that was supposed to happen. They're not God. <laughs> they're not God. They're not benevolent. <laughs> they're like the TVA is just a servant of the winner of the the multiverse war. Like they, right. ooh, they're not good. Now that she's like reaching out into the multiverse, clearly based on the book she's reading and based on the magic is showing all those multiple worlds, then they would probably get involved. <laughs> They're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> At this point, the TVA has been too disrupted. Yeah. It's back to multiverse time. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> TJ Stafford says, uh, don't care what else happens in Quantum Mania as long as we have Luis explaining the multiverse. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. He's the boss. He's the boss. He's the boss. I would love that. <laughs> okay. As we've said over and over, we want Luis to explain everything. Yeah. <laughs> We need a recap of all of the events leading up to the movie that we are about to go watch mm-hmm. by Luis. Like, we need him to yeah. recap everything. He's like, all right, all right, all right, here's the story so far. Mm-hmm. And then just lay it out. <laughs> all right, uh, Livin' La Vida Loki says, uh, is the TVA equipped with a reset button that Miss Minutes is able to alert people to, like Runslayer? Um... It seems like something is going on with like resetting their minds and stuff. Yeah. We don't know who controls that. It does seem like Renslayer has more information mm-hmm. than other people, uh, but not all the information. So mm-hmm. until That's- now, I guess maybe uh, he who remains told her the truth, or maybe a different Kang. Like who? Where did Renslayer go? We haven't really even talked discussed that. But where That's did Renslayer right. go? That's the question: Is where did Renslayer go? But also, what information did she receive? Because, yeah. like, she said, this isn't what I was looking for. Miss Minutes said he thinks this will help more. Mm-hmm. So, like, was was he who remains giving her information to like go somewhere on the timeline and like hide something under a rock to give to herself later so that she would discover how everything is working and tear it, be able to tear it all down. Is she going to be the hero next season? I hope so. Because she's got this information. She's going to show up like, like Janet did in Ant-Man and the Wasp, like all like rugged battle hardened and everything's like, I got to fight this multiversal war. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that what she's doing now? I hope so. I have no idea. I just don't even know, like, what... Miss Minutes saying that, the the he that Miss Minutes is, is, like, referring to seems to maybe have been a different he in in at the Citadel, right? Like, because she's saying he wants to offer you to go to the timeline. And then when they meet he who remains, uh, he says, oh, is she still calling me that or whatever, like... But maybe he's lying. Like maybe they're setting free this prisoner version. Maybe there's a d- different Kang that's, that's also I running the TVA. Saying. Or maybe yeah. that is maybe that sequence of events of her saying her offering that deal is part of the dance that this guy has set up for. Yeah, however long relative Absolutely. to him. Absolutely. Maybe it's as we discussed. I think last episode. Like maybe that's her getting them in the right headspace to be resistant to the offer he's about to make them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. Oof. All right. Got more? two. Uh, the Third says, speaking of Throg, why wasn't he able to summon Mjolnir? Is he not capable of doing that? Good question. Is Throg not worthy? Throg is worthy. Does he have a little frog one? Like, Does he have a little frog-sized one? Well, no, there's a, there was a Mjolnir right next to him, you know? Yeah. Like, why couldn't he? Why couldn't he summon it to break the glass and destroy all the... It's too big. <laughs> it just it doesn't fit hand size, you know? Does can't no, put it in yeah. his mouth. Magic works there. Yeah. I was about to say, does magic not work there? But magic yeah. works there. I saw a lot of magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just trying to think, like, why couldn't it work? But yeah, I don't know. That's a really good point. Maybe this is this is for Throg what Thor one was for Arthur. This is like moment where he's not worthy. Yeah, like maybe he's, you know, he's not necessarily always worthy, uh, especially in the comics. Maybe this particular Throg got pruned because he wasn't worthy at the time. Like he, <laughs> this Throg that we saw did something bad and became unworthy. Yeah, Paul says that we learn uh, from Thor 1 that not all Thors are worthy. Right. Yeah. He's got heavy his Natalie Port Frog. Sorry. I like the first one. Jane Frogster. I like that one. Jane Frogster. Nice. <laughs> so like this this Throg that we saw got pruned because he wasn't worthy and didn't regain his worthiness. Um like he was supposed to, so the whole thing just got scrapped, right? Mm-hmm. So there has to be a point in Thor's history where he did get turned into a frog, but regained his worthiness, which is why that was in the play in Thor Ragnarok. When play Loki said, do you remember that time I turned you into a frog? I'm sorry. And he's like, oh no, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's gotta be it. This, yeah. this we, we solved it, you guys. That's sure. why he got Let's- pruned. A lot of headcanon for... Nope, I for fixed the, it. The throg. Nope, it is, it's laid out right in front of you, Matt. I don't know why you can't just pick it up. I'm not worthy, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Last comment. Uh, Voice and Jack says, will Loki allow himself to love again? He's got a mm. meme, I'm baby. never gonna love again. <laughs> Guilty feet, I got no rhythm. Mm. Um, yeah, I yeah, think he's sure. a sucker. In the end, yeah. he's a softy. He's a big old softy. He thinks with his heart first. Now, he was so much hotter when he was just a brooder killer. <laughs> he had so much more like pizzazz. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody uh, who was watching the show is like, what I didn't like about the show was like where what they did with Loki's character. Like he's like a muff by the end was his terms, not mine, not mine. That was his. And it's okay. like, I guess I kind of see that from like, I mean, but we just, you know, we all know the the evolution of him as, you know, being so involved with these stories. But I can see from the outside, you're like expecting like Loki and you're like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and a lot of people did feel that way. I mean, like, like the Loki is too different from the Loki that we've known. But I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think that I don't this think Loki, so either. I think this this just illuminates the character of Loki from the past that he wasn't really the badass he pretended to be. Yeah, it was just all a show. Right. Yeah. It's always been a show. All right. Well, uh, guys, we're going to be back in a couple days with some Black Widow feedback. 
finally uh, rounding that up. And we'll we'll uh, do some more Loki feedback next week. Um, we're probably going to just have weeks of talking about this show and what what it means and what, <laughs> yeah. where it's going. Um, and we'll we'll even hold on to some of the feedback that we have left because there's just so many you guys want to get your thoughts in, and uh, we just got to as many as we could today. But we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Um, so, uh, again, patreon.com slash MCU cast. If you want to, uh, join the Patreon and all those good things, uh, check us out at strandedpanda.com. Find all our other podcasts. Anything you guys want to plug? Already plugged at podcastawards.com. Oh yeah. Go there and nominate or put us down for a nomination for, uh, TV and film, TV and film and, and uh, people's choice people's, people's choice. choice yeah <laughs> and then obviously say that matthew carroll matthew carroll is the most influential podcaster in your life uh, <laughs> when it asks you that question yeah sure do that I, I i will i will i will it's so ridiculous that i would be the most influential podcaster that uh i will i will campaign for that come on guys yeah <laughs> i'm the most influential podcaster you we know we could it. do it <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. 